Life has a way of throwing things at us that leaves us feeling powerless. But when we try to fill that hole in our heart, that void in our life under our own power, it only leads to greater pain. Today, we're going to talk about that. Well, welcome to Hope and Recovery, a Fellowship CR podcast designed to, to share hope and healing for our mental, spiritual, emotional, and even our relational journey through life change stories, recovery topics, and more. Centered on Celebrate Recovery, Jesus Christ, where He, through His own mouth, gives us hope that we can find healing and freedom. We can learn how to be happy in spite of our circumstances as we lean into Him and apply the principles from the Beatitudes to our life. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the ministry leader at Fellowship Bible Church in Rogers, Celebrate Recovery. Hey, welcome. So glad you joined us today. We hope that these uh, podcasts are bringing some encouragement as you go uh, through your week, your days, minute by minute, one day at a time. Hey, I'm flying solo today um, uh, with the ice and snow that's been hitting us. Um, I snuck in by myself and the, the parking lot looks like a, an ice rink right now. But uh, uh, hopefully by the time you hear this, um, we are past the snow and the ice. I hope you've been staying safe and warm in the season. Who's not ready for spring? But I wanted to talk about, um, I kind of touched on this uh, principle and principle one where we realize the the basic core of principle one is we realize, I realize I'm not God. I realize there's a God and I'm not it. And when we can come to that realization, uh, there is this um, aha moment. And you've heard me say this before, but pain well, let me start with this. Reality is reality is just what is. We can't get around it. Um, if it's raining, it's raining. Uh, that's the reality. But what what is pain is when we bump into reality. And sometimes when we bump into reality, it can be uh, kind of overwhelming. And I don't know if I can take this, but but what a what a scary place that can be. But a life changing place that can be when we bump into reality and we allow ourselves to feel the pain. And so the, this past Friday night, I was talking about this in the powerless lesson. And sometimes uh, when I think about even this beatitude where Jesus is saying uh, he's given us good word pictures. And I kind of joke around that I need word pictures because I'm not real smart. <laughs> I need some help. Uh, but I love that he says, blessed, happy are those. Now, let me say this. Be careful to associate that when Jesus is saying blessed uh, are those who do blank. And we'll get to that in a second. He's not saying that you're going to be happy and all your problems are going to go away. No, he's what he's helping us understand. It comes from the Greek word makarios, and it literally means to be happy or blessed in spite of our circumstances. What a big shift that is in our heart. That Jesus is telling us, he's showing us how to live life knowing we live in a broken world. But but I love the first beatitude as we unpack that principle of realizing there is a God and we're not it. And 
our life's unmanageable and we need help is he's given us this word picture of a, a cup. If you imagine a, a poor man on the corner that's holding his cup out, if you don't put something in this cup, I'm going to starve. I'm going to die. And that's the kind of spiritual poor that Jesus is giving us in the space. And, and so when we come to that place where, uh, as we talk about even in the denial lesson, where we stop deceiving ourselves and we stop lying to ourselves and just say, hey, yeah, the pain is too great and, and my running from it isn't working. I've bumped into reality and that hurts. And instead of trying to fill the emptiness and, and run from the pain, in recovery, we learn how to lean into the pain, organize the pain, honor it, invite it in and share it with God and others in a safe space. And that's what I love about Celebrate Recovery is it gives us safety to be able to talk about the hurt and to be honest about that as we come to our reality check. And so what's so important is though though denial, coming out of denial is a key component where we finally look in the mirror and we say, man, my life's unmanageable. It's a mess. The problem that we can get stuck in is we still try to play God with trying to fix that, don't we? I know I did. Um, so, so my life's a mess. It's unmanageable. Go work harder and do better and be better, Rodney. And the reality is that's not what Jesus is asking us to do in this place of being spiritually poor or in the celibate recovery principle to realize that there is a God and we're not it. Our life is unmanageable and he has the, he's got the power Right, and we get to that in principle two, where we earnestly believe, and we talked about that on a previous uh, podcast. But no, to come out of denial is not enough. Is to understand, and don't miss the core of this lesson: is to understand my life's unmanageable, and I am powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing. Or you could say, I am powerless to make this right under my own power. Now, as I've talked to people through the years, one of the things that this can get a little bit confusing with is we think that word powerless is, I just can't help myself. I've, this is the way I'm going to be. This is just my life and I'm just, I'm weak and, and I'm, I'm, I'm unable to handle my life. That's not what this is saying. This is actually saying my life's unmanageable. I can't fix this on, fix this on my own. I need help. And I use the analogy Friday night of a, of a lamp, you know, that this, this understanding that, that no, nobody can gain power by trying to plug into themselves. And that's that. If we talk about this, I've talked with this, with sponsors on this, that it's like trying to anoint yourself with you. And it's, it's basically adding nothingness to nothing or with nothing. <laughs> it just doesn't work. If the lamp that I use on Friday night is the metaphor we're going with, um, it's designed with a special purpose to magnify light, but it doesn't magnify that light on its own. It needs a source. Even if you said there was a, it was battery operated, um, or solar, or however technical you want to get, electric, it has to plug into a power outside of itself. 
And that's what makes this principle so key. And I know some of you are listening right now and, and maybe you're at a point where everything's falling apart in your life and you're wondering, ugh, why does this keep happening to me? Now, sometimes things happen to us that have nothing to do with our choices. We just live in a broken world and people have hurt us. That's not your fault. You're not guilty for the things in those cases, but we are responsible for what we do with that hurt. And that's what makes Celebrate Recovery such a key component is to understand my life's unmanageable. Don't get hung up on whose fault it is. Is it sometimes when we say my life is unmanageable, we can buy into that, well, then I must be a failure. Uh, as a perfectionist, and I, and I use that in my introduction, uh, I've had to learn there's a big difference between failure and feedback. Uh, when I'm in a place of failure, then I get stuck, as we talk about in the acrostic, the only ifs, or I like to call it the woulda, coulda, shoulda. And we try really hard uh, to um, beat ourselves down and we become very rigid. Uh, we become very anxious. We become very self-judgmental and it always bleeds over onto other people. We don't show grace. We're very rigid with other people. Uh, we're very uh, judgmental toward other people. When that's the way I'm talking and treating myself, it can't help but overflow. And that's why facing our own hurt and our own hang up or those lies that we're believing about ourselves are so critical because some of those habits or behaviors or protections or defenses that we develop as a result of that, they always end up wounding other people. Or as I like to say, uh, I can't remember who said it years ago, but it, but if we don't heal what hurt us, we'll end up, or what cut us, to, to really extend that metaphor, we'll bleed on those who didn't hurt us. And that's why it's so important. So Jesus has given us a great picture here. He's saying, you know, you have to be powerless. You got to plug into a source outside of yourself. And as I shared Friday night, I shared this with my step study group um, just a couple weeks ago that whatever has our attention, wherever our focus is, or whatever we seek first, as the scripture says, seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added. In that same sense, whatever has our focus will organize every other aspect of, of our life. And so if we seek uh, self-power, self-anointing, um, trying to plug into ourself. If I took that lamp analogy and took that cord and tried to plug into itself, we're amazed. We look at that and we say, well, that's silly. Who would ever do that? But that's in essence what we're doing, which principle one really highlights for us that as long as I'm trying to plug into myself, there's going to be a growing frustration because it's never going to magnify the light the way we were designed to and so what do we do if it doesn't work? Well, we try harder. If this thing or this substance or this relationship is not giving me um, the hope and the peace that only Christ can provide for me, by the way, then I get frustrated and it grows my anger. It grows my resentments. It grows my worry. It grows my rigidity and control, which will bleed over onto other people. And so I have to come to that realization, one, and it's just fascinating that the order of this, 
can I take an honest heart look? Maybe there's people around me, and if you're listening and you're struggling at this moment, what are the people close to you that you love and trust saying to you? And that can be so painful. If they're if they're communicating something, it can be very scary to go, I don't know if I can fully take this in. That that self-deception, right? The brain will lie to itself and believe it. And we when we come to that place of saying, All right, I don't know if I fully agree with that, but all I do know is my life is unmanageable and it's a mess. The second part of that is so critical. I need outside help. So I was sharing this story uh, on uh, Friday night when I was teaching the powerless lesson. When I was young and I was a teenager, I was, you know, coming from a broken home. I had um, multiple stepfathers who were physically, verbally, emotionally abusive. And so it made sense why I was in this, this unhealthy place, right? I, I was trying to um, deal with the hurt that wasn't my fault, but I was trying to deal with the hurt in my life under my own power. And so one of my coping mechanisms, or as we talk about in the powerless lesson, we call them escape, is one of those serenity robbers. I like to call them numbing agents, uh, or you can call them compulsive behaviors, things that we turn to, that I turn to, to try to, under my own power, I didn't know any better. I was a young punk teenager that didn't know Christ, and I was trying to survive. So some of it is just honoring, man, you're just trying to survive. It makes sense why you go to these things. They're not the right things to go to, but it makes sense why I went to those things. So I went to substances and uh, drugs and alcohol. I went to everything I could to try to gain the power or the self-anointing, if you, which I wouldn't know that language when I was a teenager, but I was trying to find power within myself to feel better. And so I remember uh, the conversation I was having with somebody it was trying to convince me that I was an addict. And I was like, I am not an addict. And I was so convinced. Now, mind you, I was using every day, multiple times a day. And yet in my self-deception, in my lying, I was convinced that I wasn't what this guy was telling me. And so what I had told him, I was like, you know, the, an addict is this. In my mind, I painted a picture to kind of justify my behavior. You know, an addict is someone who has to sell their things to get the drugs to satisfy. And I kid you not, that evening, I was selling my possessions to get money to buy more drugs. And remember that that reality check um, you know, the pain that came up for me when I bumped into reality that, oh my gosh, I'm an addict and I need help. And so it wasn't enough just to say my life is a mess. The unmanageable statement was I'm an addict. And what do I do with that was the key uh, component. So um, when we come back, I want to take a quick break here. When we come back, I want to unpack what that looks like when I was able to turn the corner to realize coming out of my denial, my life's a mess. And then what do we do with that? Denial has to bump into the place of powerlessness. And so when we come back, we'll 
continue that conversation and kind of unpack what that looked like uh, for me in my life. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Hey, friends, if you're looking for hope, connection is key. No matter what you're facing, you can't face it alone. And one of the beautiful spaces that we can find that hope in Jesus is to be around other people who know what it's like to walk through hurt. Come see us on a Friday night. We're here every single Friday night on our Fayetteville and Rogers campus. You can find a full list of other groups in the area as well. But come see us. For more information, go to fellowshipcr.org. Welcome back, guys. Just having a great conversation with you. I'm flying solo today, but so I was kind of sharing just that that information of coming to that realization that ugh, my life's a mess. I can't do this. I am an addict. And so what what I do with that. If you're in that place where maybe you've come, you're looking at everything is uh, around you. You've come to that place of man, my life is unmanageable. Um, I, I can't do this. The next part of that, and this is why, just like pain bumping into reality, pain happens when we bump into reality. The same thing is so key when we bump into reality, it's got to in turn bump into a sense of understanding that it can't come from my power anymore. I need help And so what I had to do in my own recovery, and it took me a while to get to this point of understanding that my way of plugging into myself, trying to anoint myself, nothingness uh, from nothing, or trying to uh, gain gain power from within myself and it wasn't working, I had to bump into that, that second reality that I'm not just a mess but I don't have the tools within myself to do this. And it's not just a cop out to say, I guess I'll just live a miserable life and stay in this place of, of homesickness or misery. No, it's saying, I wonder, at least being curious, is there um, an opportunity to bring something else uh, or someone else into that space? And so I don't know if you can relate to this. And it makes me think of this. For too long in my life, I had kind of built in my in my dysfunction, or maybe I, lo- I knew my life was a mess at this point. I know before it was definitely the case, but even when I realized, man, my life's a mess and everything's falling apart, I had kind of developed this um, um, increased, I call, I call them protection, um, from other things. I was trying to fill that emptiness um, to try to fill that void in my heart. And so what I had done is I built this version of myself that I thought would be pleasing. One of my coping strategies, I went to substances, I went to addictions, I went to alcohol, I went to all these things. But one of the things that I did that can actually be celebrated a little bit in our society is I began to build this, this false version or put this mask up that would convince people that I was something that I was not. And it reminds me, you know, uh, if you if you think about even in social media world, um, we all can be guilty of this at times. We don't typically, which sometimes we do to a fault. I, I think sometimes when we're 
venting on social media, we should be calling our sponsor, our accountability partner. That's a whole nother topic. But, but sometimes we put this facade, this uh, perception that our life is amazing and our marriage is, is, doesn't have any cracks in it and we never struggle and, and all these things. Um, we can kind of build this false version of ourselves, and 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 here's the thing: uh, when we do that, we're kind of writing a personal mission statement, and in essence, deciding. And I love that word, decide. It's it literally comes. It's connected with that root word to cut off other options. It's I'm deciding I will become the most clever version, the most beautiful version, the, the most put together version of myself that you'll ever see. And here's the thing. Um, I, I began, I began to make that my life mission. Instead of being true to who I am, um, I began to live out that version of myself. And sometimes when we do that, we cement a personal mission statement, the, the why and the what in our life of, um, becoming a version that's not real to ourself. And, and when we look in the mirror, we go, why am I trying to be this person? I don't like being this person. And by the way, it takes a lot of energy. And again, this is plugging into our power. This is one of those things. Sometimes we do turn to substances, but a lot of times it's just trying to be something or smell like someone or act like someone that's not ourself. And so we try to craft together this, this beautiful image uh, in our mind uh, that will make us um, be most accepted by other people. And so, in essence, I'm putting a mask on and I'm building this external mask of myself that's not true um, to who I really am on the inside. And here's the fear. I think fear drives this, that if people, if people begin to love that image that, uh, which this version of myself that I was building, if they fall in love with that person, then, then I'm really stuck. What if, what if they see the real me? Will they still love me? Will they still love that person on the inside of me? And so what I had to do in that place of realizing as I was building this facade, and by the way, I've said this before, but you know, if we've got a mask and they're loving the mask, we're not receiving it because that's not who we're presenting. And so it's hard for me to love you and not be critical of you and not to be a judgmental toward you with no grace and get stuck in the woulda, coulda, shouldas personally. And then, it, and, um, rippling that over to you. If I can't receive that, I can't fully love you the way Christ wants me to love you because I'm not plugging into him when he says, love God. And then second, love others. Those go hand in glove, don't they? And so I had to come to this place of understanding that whew, I've built this false image of myself. And so when we do that, that's just a, it's the fruit and it's bad tasting fruit, but it, it's rotten fruit uh, that's expressing and showing itself because I'm trying to plug into myself. And so that realization that my life is unmanageable, whew, that's so painful, but hang on, 
It's painful, but you're not going to be left alone there. And that's the lie the enemy tells us. If you, if you show and lean into that pain, you're never going to survive it. it it's going to eat your lunch. You're going to get swallowed up in this pit. That's the first part of it, to feel the pain, but not face it alone. What do I do with this pain? I need to plug into a power greater than myself. So God, my, the, one of the greatest prayers we can pray is help me. Lord, help me. I need you. I can't do this on my own. I've been trying to do it by myself. I need your, your, your strength. I, I need you to show up for me in this space. And when we're talking about the old is gone, the new has come, the way the old goes away and the new comes is by literally crucifying that old self crucifying that that false version of myself that I've developed in in an effort to try to plug into my power. I've been trying to do this by myself. I can't do this. And in my efforts to try to deal with this unmanageable life, I've built this mask and everybody loves the mask. And so it's taking a risk and saying, you know what? Do I believe that my life is a mess coming out of denial? And do I realize I need help? powerless so that we can begin the track of getting to principle two where we earnestly believe that he exists that we matter and he has the power but if we don't realize we're powerless and our life's a mess nothing will change in that space and so i, I love isaiah thirty fifteen uh, because it really speaks to this it says in repentance and rest you will be saved and quietness and trust is your strength, right? And, and here's the thing for me. Repentance means I need to turn around. The direction I'm going is unmanageable. I thought I could do this. And maybe you, for good reasons, have been doing what you've been doing, but that's not working. I need to rest in your arms, to realize I'm powerless means I got to stop trying to plug into myself uh, to gain the power and the strength that we uh, talk about in principle one, that there is a God and I'm not it and I'm powerless and I need your help. So I want to rest in your arms and know that I'll be saved. And then in that quietness and trust, and I love that in Isaiah 30, 15, as I, as I put my, my hope in you as we move through the principles, you're going to actually uh, quiet the, the, the anxiety that's in my spirit, having tried to do this on my own and going to grow the trust inside of me toward you and some safe people around me that will become my strength to move forward. Um, and, and that's where change begins to happen. And so for me, I had to, I had to die to myself. And I love that passage in Luke that's talking about the, um, you know, whoever clings to his life. And I think it's in the powerless lesson. I want to say it's in the, um, I'm trying to remember which, which letter, the acrostic, I think it's, um, in the, um, maybe in the separation one, but that space where we, um, we begin to understand that, I'm clinging to my life under my own power, trying to gain life. And that's not working. 
And that scripture in Luke tells us that whoever clings to his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life will save it. And so for me, it was coming to this place of letting go. My life's a mess. Let go of the, of the process of trying to keep carrying on this facade of everything's okay. I'm not hurting. I can quit anytime I want, even though everything around me is falling apart. Now my life's unmanageable and I'm powerless. I can't anoint myself. There's no power that comes from plugging into itself. And as I was talking about Friday night, when we can stop trying to focus on the emptiness in our heart and trying to just make the emptiness go away and understanding that that's not working and shift our attention toward the presence, not under my power, but the presence of the almighty God, Jesus Christ coming into my life, his presence will fill the emptiness. I don't have to focus on the emptiness. I just have to, I have to acknowledge that it's not working. It's a mess and it's not working under my power. And I need your help, Lord. And his presence, inviting his presence into my emptiness is what brings the fulfillment, the satisfaction, the fullness of life, the freedom, just as Jesus is describing in the Beatitudes, happiness and blessing in spite of a broken world that we'll continue to live in, but we'll, we'll have access to a power to face them with strength, to learn how to under his power, face the pain under his power to acknowledge and be honest about the unhealthy core beliefs that we've carried in our brokenness that have pulled us further away from him so that we can replace it with new healthy truths under his power, face the compulsive behaviors and the things that we've been developing as we built this facade and this false version of ourselves, or maybe some unhealthy coping mechanisms so he can turn those unhealthy habits into new healthy practices to walk in the fullness of life and freedom. And instead of trying to fix my relationships under my own power, plugging into myself and anointing myself, I can begin to invite his power in so that I can have the fullness of life. And maybe every relationship won't be reconciled, um, but he can repair and heal me in that so that I don't stay handcuffed to my abusers. I don't get, stay handcuffed to my stepfathers who were physically, verbally, emotionally abusive, abusive that have uh, under my own power led me to search for any and all things I could put into my body or my mind or my life uh, to fill the hurt and the void that I was running from for so long under my own power. So, Hopefully that brings some encouragement to you. Just want to unpack that a little bit further from, from Friday night and um, just give you some encouragement. Maybe things are falling apart around you and you need some help. Um, now's the time just to let go of that. The things that we are holding on to may be the things that are actually killing us, that are zapping the life out of us under our own power. You weren't designed to do this on your own. Maybe it's time to just look in the mirror and be honest, not to shame, but to ha allow uh, the process of healthy conviction. As the Holy Spirit comes in and says, hey, this is not right. This is not the way Jesus intended for you to live your life. And it's time to not just admit that things are unmanageable, 
not just come out of denial, but also understand that we're powerless to fix it on our own. And the cool thing is you don't have to fix that on your own. And I hope that you will decide today to choose, choose Jesus, to choose the body of Christ so that you can walk in the wholeness of life as we plug into his power to realize, I need your help, Lord. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a hard journey, guys, but it's so worth it. And I pray that you'll join now 7 million plus people that have walked this journey before us. So, hey, thanks for joining me flying solo today. I hope it's uh, blessed your heart and brought you some encouragement. Hey, don't try to face this alone. Loneliness is a feeling, but what do we do with it? Don't go to isolation. Get around people. Connect with people. Let them into your pain, and God will bring healing. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you'll join us next time. Until then, God bless you.